The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. You're listening to Wrestling Night in Canada on the Shining Wizards Network with your hosts, Matt Copper, Dustin Maruka, and Snowy White. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. I'm Dustin Maruka. Hey, brothers, what's going on? Well, it's officially summertime here in the Meg, and boy, I've been living it up. I've been going for one-hour walks after work every single day this this week. Oh, right on, right on. That's awesome. actually... That's actually something I got to start getting into the habit of doing in the evening times as well. Yeah, like I, I actually downloaded this uh, pedometer app that keeps track of your steps uh, as you go on for your phone. Right. And uh, when I typed in my weight and my height, it told me I was obese. So that did wonders for my self-esteem. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'm not going to fucking download that app. Yeah. <laughs> I already know. Yeah, I mean... The last couple of years really haven't been too good to me either, but uh, I know what I got to do. I've done it before, and I will again once once we kind of start getting our shit together, which kind of we can share this with our listeners um, for for everyone that's been listening, like right pretty much right from the start, courtesy of the Shining Wizards Network here. Um, we used to sound a hell of a lot better. Used to, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because uh, <laughs> because we were doing it down that downstairs in the nice mat cave mm-hmm. in your private home studio and all that, where you made us sound real bitching and all that. And then, of course, the Carino hits, and then everything kind of changes. But we're all getting to that point where we can once again convene together to do this. So hopefully soon, like a couple episodes yep. from now or so, we're going to be able to do this in person and kick big ass. So I'm really yep. looking forward to that. As far as right now, the next time they're going to raise restrictions is the first. So fingers crossed. Mm. Canada Day, is that really a good idea? <laughs> probably not but that's the plan <laughs> yeah well as as of right now the three of us are all half backs snowy has his second one booked so yeah all in due time my friends all in due time right on right on yes i'm definitely looking forward to this. i'm just i'm also just looking forward to getting a social life back again oh yeah you're you're, you know. you're very much missed at these uh limited <laughs> gatherings we're allowed to have like uh-huh. <laughs> Uh-huh. And it's it's not just hanging hanging out with you guys. It's like other friends that are now they're either fully inoculated or whatever their situation is. And you see our friends up on Facebook and they're hanging out and they're having a good old time. And I'm kind of like, <sighs> I want that. And we get that. <laughs> we go record shopping on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That's actually been my social life when Ducky and I go. Go record shopping together because and I always spend too much money. Oh, of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> and then I'm like, should I get this one or this one? 
fuck? And then Snowy goes, get both. And I'm like, I can't get both. What do you, <laughs> yeah, what, what do you mean, pick? Like, come on. <laughs> well, you both got Sabbath picture vinyls now, right? So we did, we did, yeah. we did, we did, we did pretty good on what is known as record store day for. Yeah, but not life. at the day because where we went, you were only allowed to get one record store out of each, which kind of right. sucked. Right, but, but we the, uh, next day, and then they didn't care anymore. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> no. but I'm just saying, we we did pretty good for record store day and mm-hmm. and, and releases. So, yeah, I can't complain about that. Um, maybe there's a lot probably going on in the wonderful world of pro wrestling. Oh, sure that we're, oh there's probably a lot to complain about. <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> Because, because I swear, uh, out of all of my fandoms and all the other fans of the, of the various of the various fandoms and all that, wrestling fans have to be just the the hardest on it. Yeah, I think I think there's a turnbuckle talk in there someday. Exactly, who's who? Wrestling fans are worse than. <laughs> because you, you you have music fans, you have other sports fans, you have Star Wars, Star Trek, you, you know, and they all have psychotic fans, just like pro wrestling does. Unfortunately, <laughs> so do anti-maskers. Fucking kill me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So yeah, there's 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 crazies. There's there's gatekeepers. There's there's all sorts. So it'd be kind of interesting sometime down the line. Let's compare ourselves to other fandoms and all that. Something <laughs> to think about. Okay. Something to think about. What do we have on our agenda this week, guys? Well, today we are going to be covering NXT TakeOver In Your House 2021. We will be talking about the most recent firings in WWE. We're going to be talking about former NXT Drake Wirtz's behavior on social media. NWA has two upcoming pay-per-views that we're going to discuss. Matt Cardona and Nick Gage are starting an online feud that has turned physical. And for our turnbuckle talk, we discuss that the three biggest names in WWE never left WCW. All right, all right. Sounds like we got a lot on our plate, so let's jump right into it. What's going on in the wonderful world of NXT? Because unfortunately, I missed TakeOver. Yeah, well, it was a pretty good show, I will give it that. Uh, we oh. had our second second uh, NXT In Your House event, which again was ho- uh, hosted by Todd Pettengale. Uh, he didn't uh, have as much involvement in this one as he did last year, unfortunately. No, that, but- was, that was the disappointing part about TakeOver. Yeah. Now, he still did have no, some pretty good. No funny Todd Pettingale skits. Hmm. He did grow a goatee though, which uh Dustin uh, he's like. <laughs> but uh yeah, he uh he came out and uh said it was the biggest crowd in Capital Wrestling Center history, which is not true because I'm pretty sure there was an NXT show there before the pandemic hit, but you know, WWE loved their biggest ever first time ever's <laughs> they love uh-huh. their, love themselves a case of the first time. <laughs> no one's ever slammed Andre before. <laughs> okay, okay, Vince. All right. Yep. But nevertheless, uh, cough, cough. <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> We've all seen Dark Side of the Ring. Yep. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so yeah, the the set was complete with, of course, the. The house stage set, like the classic one from back in the day when WWE used to do them. 
and obviously bringing back a little hint of nostalgia. So, uh, yeah, that added a little something to the show. But, uh, yeah, first match of the night featured Bronson Reed teaming up with Nash Carter and Wesley of MSK to battle Raul Mendoza, Joaquin Wilde, and Santos Escobar of La Gato del Fantasma in a winner-take-all match for the North American and NXT Tag Team titles. So uh, Mendoza and Lee started for their teams with an exchange of quick takedown attempts before Carter and Wilde tagged in and did their own routine. Uh, neither team had a clear advantage until Thick Boy Bronson Reed came in. After Escobar found out how heavy Reed was the hard way, he tagged uh, the unenthusiastic Wilde back in body. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the North American champion almost pinned him with a big slam before he and MSK hit a triple team move uh, for another two count. Everyone took turns hitting dives on, uh, out of the ring until Reed took out everyone with a gigantic suicide dive. Uh, once they got back in the ring, Legato Del Fantasma controlled the pace for a long time, keeping Wesley isolated in their corner with quick tags. Reed ended up putting Escobar through the barricade after Escobar went out of the ring and picked up the North American title, which effectively took Escobar out of the match. This allowed MSK to hit a double-team move on Joaquin Wild and Mendoza and allowed uh, uh, Bronson Reed to hit a big splash off the top rope for the pin and the win. So, as, as is usual with... Uh, Takeover openers. This one was fast paced and really exciting. Mm-hmm. All right. And I also got to give props to uh, Nash Carter for when uh, Bronson Reed did his top rope splash and he actually sold the impact of it by jumping off the mat and landing on his back. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, overall, great match, great opener. I'm excited for the rest of the card. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> well, well, uh, yeah, I guess uh, you did, but yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, as the show goes on, uh, uh, the second bout of the night was Zia Lee taking on Mercedes Martinez in a grudge match. Uh, these two have uh, had issues for weeks and earned a non-title spot on the Takeover card. This uh, match is also a callback to their. Uh, May Young Classic Tournament match from 2017 where Mercedes Martinez beat Zia Lee in what they call embarrassing fashion. So this is kind of Zia Lee's, uh, I guess, revenge for that embarrassing defeat uh, from four years ago. Okay. Uh, but yeah, but uh, so long-term storytelling. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, the two locked up uh, as they fell out of the ring fighting for control. Uh, Martinez had the upper hand until Lee used an illegal hold to wear her down uh, for the referee's almost full five count. Lee dominated Martinez until she avoided uh, a kick at ringside and Lee hit the ring post. She almost failed to make it back to the ring for the 10 count and from that moment forward, Martinez was in the driver's seat. After a short scuffle at ringside, Lee nailed Martinez with a spinning kick out of nowhere which looked a lot like Kofi's, uh, Kofi Kingston's uh, Trouble in Paradise for the pin and the win. Boa then handed uh, Zia Lee a chair after the match was over, but she hesitated long enough for Martinez to recover and take it from her. Uh, Martinez then proceeded to take out both members of uh, Tian Sha with the chair, and their masked leader, Mei Ying, stood up from her chair on the stage and approached Martinez. They had a long stare down before Mei Ying grabbed her by the throat and threw Martinez off the platform to end the segment. So this... I don't really feel that this match was really takeover-worthy, but... That didn't keep it from being like entertaining. Like it didn't, it didn't like slow the momentum on the card. It just kind of felt a little weird that it was on there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
overall, though, I'd give it like a B grade. It was like the the wrestling was good and the the finish was a little abrupt, but mm-hmm. yeah, like I said, didn't really take away from the card, but it didn't really add anything to it either. It was just kind of there. Right, right. But it probably uh, should have been best set for uh, the the regular show. Yeah, the TV, a TV match, pretty much. Right. Yeah, it would have it would have been good build for the TV, but well, but whatever it is what it is. But up next, we had a ladder match to determine the new million dollar champion. That's right, this title is back. <laughs> <laughs> and it's on NXT. All right, all right. <laughs> and we told how much it would cost to make it today, and it would be one hundred and thirteen thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. What would it cost back then? Fifty grand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, there's a ladder match to determine the new million dollar champion. We got L.A. Knight taking on Cameron Grimes. Cameron Grimes <laughs> to the moon, baby. Yeah, anyway, uh, Ted DiBiase came out with two guards to hang the million-dollar championship above the ring for this battle of the high rollers. L.A. Knight used his uh, size advantage to push Grimes around a bit for the start of the match. Grimes found a way uh, to get the upper hand before Knight tried to uh, bring the first ladder into the ring. Grimes narrowly avoided getting crushed by the ladder a couple of times, or they tried to use uh, it as a weapon a few times unsuccessfully before It finally became a factor. Grimes sent Knight into a ladder with a beautiful release German suplex. Knight got his revenge with a neck breaker onto the side of the ladder, and they continued to trade control back and forth as they progressed to bigger spots. Grimes ended up bringing the biggest ladder into the ring, and it was appropriately painted gold for the occasion. Uh, Both men climbed opposite sides and began to brawl on top. Knight fell first but knocked the ladder over to prevent Grimes from securing the belt. Grimes uh, climbed part of the set uh, out, or the set on the outside of the ring to take out a, uh, uh, Knight with a huge dive. Knight, back in the ring, tipped the ladder over as Grimes was about to ascend the ladder, sending Graham, Grimes crashing into a set of ladders that were set up outside the ring previously. Knight then climbed the ladder to retrieve the belt for the win. So your new million-dollar champion, L.A. Knight. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, something about this is kind of gnawing me here. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Okay, how, how long has this whole thing, like, when did they introduce, because I do get NXT here now, but I'm not always Johnny on the spot when it's on. Uh, um, how long have they been doing this angle now, or when did they introduce the million-dollar belt? Last week. Uh, yeah, it was literally the week before the show. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> same, with, same with the L.A. Knight being involved in it. Okay, so they—they're really okay because when I remember, like way back when, when when Ted DiBiase first created the Million Dollar Belt, mm-hmm. and it wasn't an official title; it was just something you know, ha ha, it's a funny thing. You no, know, it's, but, it's similar to Taz's FTW title. It was just like that, yeah, yeah, and he held it for about a year before he finally ended up quote-unquote, losing it to Virgil, and he was the million-dollar champion. But he was one of those, even though, like, now all titles are useless, like, where we knew back then, like, the million-dollar belt wasn't a real title. Right. Okay, so now I'm thinking, like, how long has this been going on that they've switched the title already? 
Like I thought I didn't know how long Grimes was the actual the quote unquote champion. And he well, like, he never was the champion. He he never was. Okay, yeah. I thought this was all right. Mm. Uh, <laughs> because uh, it's like if you, if you guys are if you guys are changing the championship already. No, it's uh, I think uh, yeah, uh, DiBiase had brought it out with him on NXT television, and they like as you know, DiBiase and Grimes have been having their vignettes together, which have been pretty entertaining. Which. Uh-huh. Yeah, basically, yeah, basically, it was just DiBiase outbidding and uh, Grimes on everything, showing how much more money he has than Grimes. So I guess, yeah, Ted DiBiase had picked and picked uh, LA Knight to be his representative in this match. And yeah, Knight's now the champion. And yeah, this past week on NXT television, uh, LA Knight just turned on Ted DiBiase mm-hmm. <laughs> when, when he presented him with the belt. Okay, so, so who's who's the heel in this? I guess L.A. Knight is, uh, right? L.A. Knight is, yeah. It seems like Cameron Grimes has turned face. And, and I guess, I, I, is this it for, for Ted DiBiase in, in NXT, or is he? You know, I'm not sure, but uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Like, cause, and, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not really sure, to be honest with you. But, oh, uh, okay. All yeah. right. No, that's... I, I do. Next week. That was the first bump that Ted DiBiase. Sorry, the Ted DiBiase. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that was the first bump that uh, DiBiase had taken in probably close to twenty years. Wow, well, probably. <laughs> yeah. He probably still has a nice pack on his back. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do find it funny though how, like, during the match graphic though, they had like. 90s Ted DiBiase holding the million dollar championship, but when he came out, it was clearly not that Ted DiBiase. Oh yeah, I know, I know. You see that all the time on Facebook when, when they say you know this person recently passed away or whatever, and they show a picture of this person when, you know, they were in their 20s and they passed away in their 80s, and it's like, uh, well, I guess that's kind of the same thing. Or like yeah, when Harley Race passed away, and they showed that picture of him with the big handlebar mustache. <laughs> That's not what he looked like when he passed. Yeah. <laughs> like when he didn't know a champion. Belong here. <laughs> yeah, but whatever it is, what yeah. it is. I guess they want to show pictures of people in their prime, like how people fondly remember them. Remember them, yeah, for sure. Yeah, but Ted DiBiase isn't dead. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the yeah, thing. that's that's true too. That's true too. To about that, but whatever. He's just, he's mm. just grayer. Yeah, he's grayer and a little bit pudgier. Yeah, <laughs> he can he's still got, do a laugh. He's though. got the beer gut, and he and he's gray. Yeah, <laughs> as long as he can do the laugh. Yeah, the million dollar man has gone platinum. <laughs> there we go. Right on, right on. What's next? Next, we had the NXT Women's Title match. It was uh, it was uh, Raquel Gonzalez defending against Ember Moon. So Dakota Kai accompanied Gonzalez to the ring for her title defense, but Moon did not have Shotzi Blackheart at ringside for support, immediately putting her at a bit of a disadvantage. Uh, Moon hit a quick drop kick as soon as the ref called for the bell, and she was uh, aggressive as she kept Gonzalez reeling with uh, quick strikes. Gonzalez stopped her in her tracks by refusing to go down from a crossbody, and she sent Moon flying into the barricade from the apron with a shoulder tackle. 
the powerhouse that is Gonzalez yanked Moon off the mat and into a sidewalk slam with one arm in an impressive show of power. After a few minutes, Moon began to build some momentum with a series of strikes and a code red for a close two count. Uh, the former champion wrapped the current champion into a submission, but Gonzalez made it to the bottom rope with Dakota Kai's help. Uh, Moon retaliated by taking Gonzalez out with a missile or missile-like suicide dive. Gonzalez tried uh, several things, but Moon refused to stay down for the count. And she hit Gonzalez with the eclipse, but when she went for the pin, Kai put her friend's foot on the rope to break the count. This brought Blackheart out to chase her to the back. Uh, Moon then hit the tornado DDT onto an elevated pla- onto the elevated platform next to the ring for a near fall. Moments later, Gonzalez hit the power or chokeslam powerbomb to retain her title. So yeah, this was a pretty good title match, I'd say. I give it I give it an A for sure. Uh-huh. Yep. And yeah, I was a bit I was a bit bummed, of course, when Shotzi Blackheart didn't come out at first because we did get the reports that she had been injured. Mm-hmm. So but she did come out at least uh, for a little while. She didn't really get uh, that all that physical. Just, just kind of chased uh, Dakota Kai away. But it's always nice to see Shotzi. You know, oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. No. Most. Yeah. All right. So yeah, this was a very short card. So now it is time for the main event. Dun dun dun. Yeah. That's right. It is a fatal five-way match for the NXT title. Karrion Cross defending against Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Johnny Gargano, and Pete Dunne. As Gargano was making his way to the ring, uh, Blackheart and Dakota Kai could be seen fighting backstage with William Regal trying to break it up. This was actually kind of a recurring theme throughout the show with uh, William Regal trying to break up fights between people backstage as it's been happening on TV uh, in the weeks coming up, too. So we'll, we'll get to that at the end of the, sh- at the, end of the show, though. It should come to no surprise that this belt was started with a quick pace and never slowed down for a second. All five of these superstars are known for their athleticism and intensity, and their styles are, are different, but they can uh, all work at breakneck speeds. At one point, Gargano and Dunn shoved Cross through the front door of the stage set. This That's took him out of the match for a few minutes. Yeah, it was. Uh, the other four men went back to the ring and began pairing up uh, or different sequences. Uh, when Cross returned to the ring, he dismantled the other competitors with a series of power moves. A fast-paced sequence with Dunn, O'Reilly, Cole, and Gargano softened them up so Cross could come come in and beat everyone up by himself. The challengers briefly worked together to take him down, even Cole and O'Reilly briefly having a location of the Undisputed Era to powerbomb him, not through the announce table, but just onto the announce table. It did not break. <laughs> Nope. It uh, look, actually looked pretty painful <laughs> for carrying cross. Uh, but everyone's alliances were over as quickly as they started. Everyone came close to getting the victory several times before cross came back and choked out O'Reilly with a cross jacket. The mission to retain this title. Yeah, it was, oh. it was a pretty good Pretty good main event, I guess. I, I thought it was going to be a little too overbooked with all five men being in there, oh, but yeah, I could see that I, easily happening. Yeah. Yes, but I gotta say, all five men were kind of just peppered in there perfectly, doing what they do best. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like uh, I, I, I like because it is like the more people you add to a match, the more complicated it gets for the performers. And yeah, it's it like. 
on the main roster, it never seems to work out as well. But this this way, like usually, it's like in multi man matches like this, it's like more than only two guys are fighting in time at the ring while or in the ring while the other guys are like on the outside, like recovering from from uh, moves. But this one seemed to be more like three guys at a time, which I thought was a refreshing change. It saw 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 like a lot of guys like uh, Pete Dunn was locking in. Uh, the submission holds on guys who are already locking submission holds onto others. Like Gar- Gargano tried to uh, lock in the Gargano escape onto two different people at the same time. <laughs> and, that was cool. Yeah, it was. But uh, yeah, like honestly, for a multi-man match, uh, that was like it was. It, I, I loved it. It was great. I have no complaints about it. But. Uh, after all the dust had settled and Karrion Cross walked out with his title, uh, backstage interviewer, I don't remember her name. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember backstage interviewers' names because they're so easy to forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, walked up to William <clears throat> asked him what his uh, reaction was to what had happened over the duration of the night. And with a tear in his eye, he said, after being, se- after being GM for seven years, he has never seen so much bedlam and thinks it's time for a change. And then he walked away, ending the show. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. That led to NXT TV with uh, William Regal coming out and seemingly retiring as general manager, only for Samoa Joe to come out and make his WWE return. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So he came out. William Regal offered him the job as GM. William, or, uh, sorry, Samoa Joe respectfully declined. And then I guess it seems as though Samoa Joe has now taken on the role of an enforcer in NXT to the general manager, which could be interesting as the weeks progress. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, because he's not uh, he's not con- or he's, he's not allowed to actually compete in matches. He's and he's not allowed to make physical contact with uh, any of the wrestlers unless they hit him first. So <laughs> like when he choked. Uh, out. When, yeah, when he choked out Adam Cole. <laughs> That was good. Yeah, it was. But uh, yeah, when he the- wakes up, tell Mister Regal he better make a decision or whatever he said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing where this storyline actually goes from here because yeah. I think it'll be really cool and it's mm-hmm. it's great to see go back on TV. Yeah, because we're going to be touching on this a little bit later. But wasn't he one of the ones that was released? Yeah, on April 15th, he was one of the guys who was released. Mm-hmm. Two days after mm-hmm. WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, apparently Triple H was really sour at the fact that Joe was released. So Triple H, we can all thank Triple H for for Joe being back on WWE television. Yeah, like, for sure. With a, with a different contract. I don't think he has a wrestler's contract anymore. He just has like a commentators or like something. Yeah, like a maybe he's like a talent scout now. I don't know, but Right. Yeah, different contract altogether. So maybe, like, who knows? Maybe the whole plan all along was to just release him from his wrestler's contract because he he's so injury prone nowadays, and and to actually give him a new contract anyway. But either way, when it's all said and done, I'm glad to Joe, see that Joe Joe's back. back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's great. It's great. Right on, right on. And so, of course. Relevant to this show, I think the WNIC uh, championship has uh, 
changed hands, as, as right. I recall. <laughs> now, That's right. For uh, anyone, I, sorry, I did forget to put. I, I I did forget to post the uh, predictions on our Facebook page, uh, unfortunately. But as of <laughs> as of uh, before the main event, the decision was pretty much finalized. That I am now your four time. <laughs> WNIT <King. laughs> da, da, da. Yep. So Snowy yeah. and I are neck and neck, just like John Cena and Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah. yeah, and in case anyone is wondering if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome. One of the things that we do here on Wrestling Night in Canada is we kind of have a little friendly rivalry between the three of us where we make our picks our predictions and whoever has the best record at the end of the night kind of either wins or retains the WNIC championship. So once again, Mr. Copper, congratulations. The last match goes, well, since I'm the champion, goes to get it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I believe you mentioned last episode, I have actually yet to hold it in my hands. The physical title, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to doing that because, like, the next pay-per-view, I'm winning it back. Like, come on, let's be realistic. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe at the by the time this episode goes to air, Hell in a Cell will have already happened, come and gone, so... Well, here, let me let me see. Uh, yeah, yeah. Aiden uh, oh, I, I've got uh, this wrapped Monday. up. I got this. <laughs> you got this? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 just, I just went over the Hell in the Cell lineup. Oh, for sure. I got it. No problem. Okay. Yeah. Well, we all know Roman Reigns is winning, so. <laughs> yeah. We'll all be correct in that one. Yeah. Roman, Sorry, Roman, Reigns. <laughs> Roman Reigns versus a past his prime, Rey Mysterio? Hmm. I wonder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, as is tradition on Wrestling Night in Canada, horns up, horns down, horns in the middle. What do you guys say? Horns up. Mm-hmm. Right on, right on. And I've never seen it, but I can only just imagine, like, I can't see NXT putting on a crappy card. Nope. And with the return of a, of like, well, a capacity crowd for the Performance Center, mm-hmm. yeah, a little something. Like, hearing the NXT chants and the, well, the This Is Awesome chants, which are fewer and far between on a NXT show. All right, on, the, right on. Of that, but uh, uh, yeah, it was great he- uh, hearing the fans back, and yeah, I-, I-, I can't wait for a takeover to be in an arena again. That's gonna be great for yeah. sure. For sure. Now, with that in mind, with NXT having live audience, you know, back b- back in the building, I want to take a couple seconds out and say hello and horns up to my former co-host over at Radioactive Metal, Mister Rock who is a huge NXT fan, lives in the Orlando area, and has been deprived of all of his NXT live stuff for all throughout this pandemic. And the tapings, or the last episode that we were talking about, Mr. Rock was in attendance for that. Yeah, Yeah, I know, eh? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I'm so glad Rock had a good time, and we actually we should invite him on to come on here 
sometime yeah. soon. And just for someone that has experienced, you know, get to, you know, give his thoughts and describe like the live NXT experience for our listeners. I think It'll be him talking cool. about how great live experiences are for half an hour. And then at the end of the week, me going asshole. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> also be great. It would just be nice to have a shining wizards alumnus just on the show, you know? Oh, of course. Of course. And, and a fellow wrestling fan. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Um, so what's, I guess, so we said the next, pay-per-view will be hell in a cell yeah that's uh this coming or right now as we record it is thursday june 17th and uh hell in a cell is this coming sunday father's day so okay awesome awesome uh i don't know maybe i might have to order that pay-per-view just as a father's day present then Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know we'll see speaking of pay-per-views 50 bucks on a fucking B-grade pay-per-view? Yeah. <laughs> it all depends on how many drinks I have going into it. Yeah, get, get your daughter to buy it for you. There we go. <laughs> there you go. There we go. That's the spirit. That's what I want to hear. Great suggestion. <laughs> I want to watch Feed in a Crate for Father's Day. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Speaking of pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. Something that I'm really excited for was the recent announcement of not one, but two NWA pay-per-views. Uh-huh. August 28th and 29th. I believe the 28th is going to be called NWA Empower. 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 Ooh. Yes. Ooh. 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 Never mind. Okay. So, uh, Did I talk about what I just read? Oh, okay, quick. <laughs> Our correspondent here, Justin. <laughs> Impact Wrestling is happening at this very moment. Uh, Rosemary and Havoc attacked Kira Hogan and Tasha Steels, and they threw Kira into a trash can. Kira kicks out, and she finds a trash bag marked Mickey. Oh. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, that is nice. something. Okay, that's actually relevant to yeah. what I was going to be talking about. So yeah. good timing, Ducky. Right yeah. on. Right on. Because the first of these NWA pay-per-views is NWA's Empower, as in female empowerment and power with the three R's, like the program. I thought that was very clever. Delicious. Yeah, I love it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So now no matches have been announced yet for any of these but i have to admit i'm i'm pretty excited about this for a number of reasons number one i love what the what billy pumpkins is doing with the nwa right now mm-hmm. it's, my, it's my favorite show on tv and i love the old school or the, the the old school studio feel to it and all that and the, and the format i love it it's 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 absolutely fantastic the ladies division okay is really heating up camille the current NWA women's champion who won it from Serena Deeb is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. If not NWA somewhere else. This woman is a really star and I re- is a star and I really like what they're doing with her. On top I of that, imagine, I imagine those two will pro- I imagine those two will probably be involved in the main event in some capacity. If it's not just them, then or a multi-woman match, I imagine both Camille and Serena D will probably be the main event. Um, 
pay-per-view. For the rematch, perhaps? Yeah. yeah. Somehow Thunder Rosa is going to be, you know, fixed in there somehow as well. It's just, it's just, I'm really looking forward to this. Now, the executive producer of this show, okay, <laughs> was the garbage bag lady herself, Mickey James. <laughs> <laughs> okay, which which okay, <laughs> not this not this past power, but the one before that when they announced it a couple weeks ago. Right then and there, they start the show. Boom! There's there's Mickey James, and it's like, well, of course, because she's married to Nick Aldis. So yep. the the second she became contractually available, you knew she's going to be showing up in the NWA, and I'm loving it. The real world's champion's wife. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. The following night, okay, um, is the NWA's um, NWA 73, their anniversary show. Okay. Mm-hmm. Once again, nothing, nothing has been announced, but I really think hopefully if going by old school booking, or whatever. Look for Trevor Murdoch to face to, to face Nick Aldis once again for the NWA title. I love how they're doing this. I love how they're pushing Murdoch. He's he's the old fashioned Dusty Rhodes, Dick Murdoch, Dick Dick Slater from from yesteryear. They're they're that they're that type of character. He's getting screwed over, you know, by the rich but talented world champion. This this is Dusty Rhodes versus Ric Flair. For a, new, for a new generation. And to yep. think Trevor Murdoch was signed by WWE and they released him. And they let him go, yeah. They gave him, or before they let him go, they gave him a country singer gimmick. Do you yeah. guys remember that? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't remember yeah. him at all in the WWF. Uh, he was, yeah, he was tag team champions with uh, Garrison Cade or Lance Cade, whatever sure. they were calling him. He's Lance Cade. Yeah. Don't even know who that is. <laughs> he, he passed away many years ago, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, they were tag team champions for a while. They were just Caden Murdoch. Uh, that was their tag team name. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah, one one good looking hillbilly and one and Trevor Murdoch. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure Mrs. Murdoch thinks he looks quite fine. Yeah, well, I know some women, yeah. some women love the mutton chops and the tobacco chewing and the. <laughs> there we go. There we go. So I really like how this is being booked, and I really like where they're going with this. And even if they don't change the title, which I don't necessarily think Murdoch needs it, um, I hope that then this on the anniversary show, a cage would 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 be really cool maybe a bull rope match or something just a traditional nwa blow-off match how 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 they used to do it which you know rick flair and dusty Rhodes they feuded for years in so many cage matches and so oh yeah you know, they never really they, they just went until someone left the federation so mm-hmm. yeah yeah so really looking forward to that um i've actually been in attendance for one of the NWA anniversary shows. The local promoter, y'all, oh, years ago now, NWA 56. Okay. Ernie Todd the Bod was a local promoter for, the, for the Canadian Wrestling Federation here okay. in Winnipeg. 
And I, I guess he finagled the anniversary show. Now, you have to remember, this was when the NWA was at an all-time low. Okay, there was no there was no TV. I didn't even know who was really in the league outside of our own local ter- territory and all that. It just it was the NWA just was barely was barely functioning. And Ernie Todd got the anniversary show up here at the Ramad Inn Ballroom downtown. Oh, really? To about a hundred people. Okay. Yeah, yeah, including myself, my good buddy Lee, and little Snowy was just a kid at the time. I doubt she even <laughs> remembers this. The 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 main event, Petey Williams defended his his TNA X Division title against Kenny Omega. A really? very young, a very young and a very different Kenny Omega. Wow. Yeah, yeah. But you saw the talent in Omega at the time. Like, right. Like you you could tell, like you give this kid some seasoning, he's gonna be a star. Now <laughs> Will, Williams <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Will, Williams successfully defended the title and all that, but I've caught Omega before when AJ Styles came came to town and they had an absolute classic and Styles actually put him over. Oh just, man. Yeah. You just, I well, wish you, I caught uh, AJ's last indie show here before he got signed kicking myself for that yeah yeah there's all sorts of you know what if what if what if which we're going to kind of get into in tonight's turnbuckle talk so all of that said i'm really looking forward to these two pay-per-views and and they made such a commotion about the fact that it was in st louis Pro wrestling is returning to St. Louis. Now people might think, well, okay, well, what the fuck? Who cares? Who cares where where it's at? St. Louis used to be a huge NWA town. Yeah. The days of Harley Race defending the title every month to a packed card. And even when the if the NWA, the big stars, you know, weren't defending the central states. Championship wrestling was the uh, was the local league, although it was, it was hardly local because, you know, if you followed in, in independent wrestling, you knew the Central States area. You know, guys like Bull, Bulldog Bob Brown were uh, that he was like the Jerry Lawler almost of 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 that area and all that. That's bottom line. Traditional old school NWA huge in St. Louis, so I'm hoping like like this kind of parlays into two really successful nights for the NWA. Like, I really want this to th- to survive and thrive and continue, like, for as long as Billy Pumpkins is alive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, for sure. For sure, because, like, I've seen the NWA at the highest of highs, the lowest lows, and I want to get those highs back up there. No, for sure, man. I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, so uh, I think I think so. Make don't make any plans. August twenty eighth and 29th, guys. It's probably probably a Saturday and Sunday. Yep. So yeah, we'll all be ready, fully lock stocked and barreled, ready to watch a lot of good old good old fashioned wrestling. Mm. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I never like watched TNA or sorry NWA back in the day. 
but I did watch Power when it was on YouTube, and I got to admit, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Like, I enjoyed the studio, like like you said, the the old uh, TV studio uh, factor, and like just the over, like the the fact that you could hear everything that the crowd was saying. The crowd was so interactive with everything, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I love the old school nostalgia about it. It was really, it's just it's just fun to watch, you know. It is. Like it is. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Look, looking forward to it. So, what else is going on, guys? Well, I got a segment. You got a segment, uh, Ducky. Why don't you talk about uh, Cardona and uh, Gage? Well, <laughs> I think I mentioned it on the last episode that Gage and Cardona were in a Twitter food. A tough Twitter food. Twitter food. <laughs> it's only Thursday. It's been a long week. Okay. Uh, a Twitter feud over I don't even remember what it was. And then at Tournament of Survival, I want to say that was last weekend now or two weeks ago? Uh, two weeks ago, I think. Gage called out Cardona, well, Zack Ryder. He called yeah. Him, and Cardona <laughs> mm-hmm. sh- didn't, didn't show up, so he kept calling him a pussy and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And then the next night, after he went through a war with Jimmy Lloyd, um, a guy in a hooded like cloak came out and like was acting all like Mox and like oh, okay Mox is here attacking him again okay cool <laughs> and then he unmasked himself and it was Cardona swerve yep <laughs> and then everyone was chanting fuck Zack Ryder and it was great <laughs> <laughs> and he was flipping everybody off and he had a, a mini cut on his wrist because of course when he DDT'd him he landed in a ring of broken glass Oh yeah, and then he like went to the back, and Effie was saying on his uh, Twitch stream the other week that Cardona was acting like the biggest baby ever. He's like, "Oh no, I have a cut on my wrist. It's bleeding a little. Blah blah blah. Tape it up now. I need help. I need help." It's like <laughs> you're stepping into the wrong world there, bud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it has recently been confirmed that July 24th, Cardona is challenging Gage for the GCW Championship. Okay, so Matt Cardona's going to die. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this is a pay-per-view? Yeah. Game and, flings. Oh, I'm definitely getting it. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> now let me see. Like, okay, game changer. Like, is there like actual wrestling on this? Because I yeah. know. Okay, it's okay, then. Yeah. What's what's they're, the lead like word? It's like half death matches, half uh, regular wrestling. Oh, so okay. Cornette won't throw a fit. Well, it's Cornette. He'll throw a fit at everything. He'll throw. Yeah. <laughs> he throws a fit at AEW. He's gonna throw a fit at this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I. I can get I can I can get behind this then. Like it's not you're 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 not going to subject me to another pay per view of all death matches all bloody night. Not no. not any of the death matches, no, because <laughs> apparently they're not streaming it this year because Ian Rotten doesn't want the extra money. So, oh, okay. yeah, money money's no good. Who, who no. wants that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they're losing their building after this this show. It's like you might need the money there, Ian. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, yeah. don't take my 30 bucks then. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, creditors don't give a shit, you know? <laughs> Segway. <laughs> but yeah, Matt Cardona is, you're in the wrong 
Oh, you're you're in trouble there, bud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, is Cardona still in AEW? Are they are they letting him do the indie thing and all that because he's a buddy of Cody's or whoever? I thought he was an Impact. Wasn't he's he? an Impact. Yeah, he was feuding. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. He left. Oh God. See, <laughs> he left. He left AEW. Yes. He's now yeah. an Impact, and I guess. I, you're on a per night deal or whatever with Impact. I don't know how what they're doing for long long term contracts and all all of that. But I know he was with. Uh, I think he had like a three match deal with AEW, and then he showed up in Impact. Okay, okay. Because yep. I just I just remember when he showed up in AEW, and everyone and and the announcers are like, "It's Matt Cardona," and I'm like, "Oh." Oh, that's exciting. Who the fuck is Matt Cardona? And then I think Ducky had to remind me who he was in the WWF. And it's like, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> it was funny, too, because um, when he called out Cardona, when Gage called out Cardona, they played the Zack Ryder music. Oh. <laughs> it was great. Oh, you... they, they played the, how it, it, it's all quiet and it goes like, oh, radio or some shit. Oh, radio. Tell me yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> uh, all right on. Okay, cool, cool. So huh, like so that, obviously you're looking forward to that. Well, Card Cardona's gonna get his ass whooped. Oh, is he ever? There's there's no way he's gonna win the title. Like he's posted a Photoshop of him on Instagram with the title around his waist. Saying that, oh, I love my fans, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you're getting so much heat. He's probably gotten the most heat he's ever gotten in his wrestling career. Like, good for him. Yeah. But Gage is going to kill him. <laughs> well, Gage actually has to make it himself to the show. Yeah. Like, he's the one that was recently on Dark Side of the Ring who died for like seven minutes, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay, I was getting the right guy. <clears throat> okay, see, now Gage has to show up, too. He's got to make it himself. Yeah, he will. That's okay. fair. Well, that's, that's <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. So what else is going on? Uh, well, uh, former NXT referee Drake Wirtz has been making a bit of an ass of himself on social media lately. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> oh. Uh. Okay, kind of refresh everyone maybe a little um, bit as to what's what's going on with him. Whoever knew him before his WWE days, he was an indie deathmatch guy. Well, he could like all-around wrestler too, but he was Drake Younger on the independents. Right. And a very, very good wrestler. Drake yeah. is a Drake's an incredible wrestler. Mm-hmm. But okay. his real life bull personality bullshit. <sighs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Because he's he's kind of like one of those far, far, far right conservative far, Trump far, lovers. Far, far right. Far, yeah, far, far, far right. Far right. That he's off the edge of the earth, which I'm. I believe he probably believes the earth is flat. It's as far probably as right. one of those. Yes, yes. <laughs> loves Trump. Earth's flat. Anti-vax. Well, Anti-vax. AJ Styles believes the earth is flat. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but he's not a piece of shit. No, he, well, not yet. Not well, yet. I know that AJ Styles is probably right wing because he's from Georgia, 
but he doesn't he doesn't like blast his political beliefs on social media. So. Well, like the the indie wrestler, well, who's retired now, but Necro Butcher, like, yeah, he's retired, and he'll show up at indie shows in a suit and a Make America Great Again hat, but he won't post shit online. Like, he doesn't. Well, that's you know, good. that's but no, like he'll wear the hat around. I mean, yeah, it looks really dumb. But like he'll wear the hat around and he'll talk to people and he'll go up to everybody at the show and say hi. Like so, he's like a good person still, but mm-hmm. his, his just thoughts are fucking out the window. That's all. <laughs> yeah, you can say the thing about Chris Jericho donating you yeah. a few grand to the Trump campaign, and then well, you know, right. I, I have my opinions about that, but I still believe he's one of the best performers I've ever seen in my entire life. So, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, for sure. For sure. When you're talking about the mega hats and all that, that's okay. Years from now, okay, you know, you, you've heard stories about Generation X, my generation, when someone's, you know, grandfather passed away and then they go through his belongings and then they find his old Nazi unif- uniform or whatever, okay? So it's well, like they found out Lemmy collected. <laughs> well, yeah, but he's, that's. Kind of not the same thing because Lemmy wasn't Lemmy from Motorhead here, the heavy metal band. <laughs> he wasn't a Nazi. He was a World War II enthusiast. I'm talking, yeah, you, you know, someone my age discovering that their grandfather years ago or great grandfather was an actual Nazi. The equivalent of that years from now, okay, my great grandkids. Okay, is going someday some some kid that that age is going to go through his his grandparents old stuff and find a mega hat. And it's the way society is going to think of the mega hat and the Nazi paraphernalia as almost one and the same. It's going to be kind of the same idea. This is just my prediction. Okay, like you fast forward, you fast forward those those years. It's going to be kind of the same idea. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I get what you're saying. It's yeah, mm-hmm. you know, it's, like they're they're going to find out, like, oh my god, Grandpa liked Trump. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you know, Grandpa supported Trump. You know, <laughs> and he's going to be vilified throughout history as like one of the worst presidents ever. It's kind of it's kind oh, of gonna be the same thing. But- but I also got a question, like, how many people who actually, like, voted or supported Trump, did they actually support his ideals, or did they just vote for the party because they always vote Republican? Because they all, all vote Republican, or yeah. or they, and we're, we don't want to get too political here, a little, little bit late, I guess, but yeah, he's also a celebrity. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the people that aren't full-bore, psychotically right-wing... Okay, are playing eeny meeny miny mo at, at at the ballot box, which is fucking deadly. Okay, and well, this is the name I recognize the most because he's been on TV. That's how Jesse yeah. Ventura gets elected. That's how Arnold gets elected. You know, Arnold, <laughs> the governor. <laughs> That's the right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> So, lower it off. We're Drake, Drake, putts. No, yeah. words. Putts. Yeah, that's <laughs> worse, too. Putts is a better. Yeah. 
I hate they, this guy is just he just kind of seems a little off his rocker and it's going like is he is he retired is he ever coming back to pro wrestling uh, he wrestled one indie show already okay it's, unless it's next month it's either the end of this month or the end of next month and then he's wrestling one in september because he's he's got to be shooting himself in the foot with with all with all of his social media rhetoric and just coming across as such as such a crazy the thing that's really bothering me about what he's doing is okay he's anti-vax anti-mask fine okay everyone has you know their 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 own opinions on it but from what i've seen He's using he's using pedophilia. He's using the you know scumbag pe- pedophiles that that prey on children. There he's using that to push his anti-mask agenda. Yeah, you know, we they're yeah they're 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 hiding their face. The predators are hiding their face. It's like whoa, makes that, it easier this, this to abduct is... children. <laughs> Right. It's like this is way out of left field, buddy. And and yeah. you're using pedophilia to just advance your own, you know, a right right wing agenda. Do you not see something wrong with that, buddy? Like mm-hmm. that's that's sick. He's that's taking sick. too many air shots to the head. I I think so. I think so. Like look, I'll I'll be the first to say I don't trust the government. As far as I can fucking throw a government. None of them. None of them. They're all scumbags. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't trust. I know the government is corrupt. People get fucked over by them all the time. Fucking, um, I don't know. I know at least a few people who have been audited by the CRA unjustly. But, uh, like, it, it doesn't go that deep. I'm sorry. Like, it just doesn't. Like, it's just. Like you're just, uh, I'm, uh, you know, like there's there's levels, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh huh. There's being an anti-government punk, and then there's this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right, and it's it's yeah. it's only it's only to push an agenda. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. And it's just it's ah. Uh. No, no. So I, I have, I got zero, zero respect for this guy. And if he ever, if if he ever comes back, like I don't know if I want to use my 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 dollar to support whatever he's going to come back with. And I no, think a lot of other people are going to be, uh, are 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 going to be saying the same thing. And like uh, people have been saying, like Ian Rod in real life can be a piece of shit, and and then he posts like, well, he doesn't want drake in his locker room anymore because of him the way he's talking about shit now yeah and then he Mm -hmm. said since i won't be seeing you in july now i wish you and val and the kids all your happiness you could possibly find goodbye and then drake's response i'll read the whole fucking thing why not okay (laughs) okay uh since people are asking me about it and ian decided to cave to the mob by public public Drake, you can't fucking spell. Publicly <laughs> virtue signaling to the snowflakes on his roster, I'll go ahead and respond. The supposed top guys that cry and complain to Ian are soft. They won't last two weeks in the old I school, the old school IWA. 
the locker room I broke into beat you and stretched you and tried to make you quit because in those days only the strong survived. Grown men like Necro Butcher, Bullpain, Loki, Too Tough Tony, the Tomaselli brothers, Brain Damage, Haizawa, Eddie Kingston, Tank, JC Bailey, and many others made sure you earned your spot on that roster because it was prestigious. At one time, IWA was the most feared company in the world. It didn't matter your background or what you believed in when you came to work. When you walked through that door, you were to show respect and do good business. Apparently, times have changed, and some of his new generation lacks respect to those that pave the way. He's right. I don't fit in in this current super woke dynamic of his locker room. Peace. Okay. See you, Matt. Go ahead. You're done. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, don't, don't, don't threaten me with you leaving. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And then the next day he goes, don't you dare think about having an unvaccinated Republican who's worked multiple WrestleManias tarnish the sanctity of the locker room. There's got to be equality. Okay. Who was he talking about there? I have no idea, but that was the tweet yes. after the one I just read off. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's, uh, that's definitely something. That's <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't have anything further to comment on that. That's just well. Like the the thing that bothered me was when I heard about like after he got released, I had heard uh, during the during the height of the Black Lives Matter movement, Triple H made an announcement to the NXT locker room saying like everybody is welcome here, no matter race or religion. And as soon as he said religion, Drake Wirtz aggressively packed his bags and walked out of the locker room. Yep. Yeah. Oh, wow. So apparently nobody in, in Drake Wirtz's eyes, anyone who's not Christian is not worthy of his time or consideration, but wow. he okay. wants to be considered. Of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like the far right. And yeah. I'm not a very religious person. Okay, but I got dragged kicking and screaming every Sunday morning. Okay, and I got to know the big JC quite well. And guys like Wirtz, guys like Trump that are dragging his name through through the mud, he's not happy. This isn't what he's he's what he's all about. Nope. You know, so that's what they should be thinking about uh what else have we got going on our agenda speaking of which what's what else is going on here well uh as of a couple of weeks ago we had another batch of recent firings from wwe oh right <laughs> right and this one is a lot more shocking than the last batch i'll tell you that oh yes yeah okay. i'm not gonna lie i completely forgot about these until you just mentioned it well <laughs> That's, do that's we have? Do we have the list? Do we, yeah, do we'll we start at the list? bottom of the. We'll, well, well, I, I don't mean to disrespect anybody here, but the bottom of the heap. We'll start with Lana. Lana. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, if Lana comes to AEW, if I think it's if, a given. Oh yeah, definitely. But if she starts, she starts talking in her like um the russian accent and then stops herself and goes wait a minute (laughs) i don't don't have to do this shit here yeah (laughs) can she up like that though because i fucking love that 
to fucking uh, blow up. <laughs> I can see I could see them doing that every once in a while as a dig to the WWF, yeah. you know? And that's something that I would get her to do. Okay, but the the Lana, the 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 Russian, the the Bridget Nielsen in Rocky Three or Rocky Four or whatever it was, like yeah. that that character is done. Like no mm-hmm. one, you you can't bring it back seriously, which is too bad because it was fantastic. She was fantastic in in mm-hmm. in, in that role and all that. Um, I think it goes without saying she's going to be going to AEW. She doesn't. She's not going to fit in anywhere else, no. really. No. And what are they going to do with her apart from keeping uh, Rusev happy? Yeah, making her shut yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> making her a manager for Miro. Yeah, yeah. Well, so like, Miro's gotten so good on the mic. Does he really need a manager? Yeah, yeah. The idea of the manager, apart from you know shit disturbing at ringside, is to give a voice to a person that's no good on the mic. For and example, he seems to be doing well. Yeah, just like Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman. <laughs> right. That yeah. case. Case in point. Yeah. I mean, death. at least in the few months Roman's been with Paul, Roman can somewhat do a promo now. Well, Roman's doing the best promos of his entire career right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Paul? <laughs> and why Paul Heyman's there, I don't know. But whatever. I'll take it. Uh, but yeah, like... Yeah, Miro is also cutting like some of the best promos of his career right now. Like I said, like when we were talking a couple weeks ago on my, on my birthday, when Miro, Miro's uh, last promo that he did on AEW where he's like, first of all, I'd like to thank God for my amazing power. I'd like to spend a special shout out to my wife for being hot. <laughs> like his comedic timing is fucking incredible. Well, I'll give him that. And and also, yeah, he's he's able to be like comedic and intimidating at the at the same time. So, yeah, I don't I don't know. Does he need a Lana on his shoulder? No, not not at all. Yeah, but. Yeah, maybe, maybe they will probably put her there, though. Maybe for some eye candy. I don't know. Right, right. Uh, I'm sure they can do, like, I. okay, does she have any training at all? Like, no, as, she was as a wrestler? Yeah, she was actually becoming a wrestler, like, up until her release. She actually had quite a bit of in-ring experience under her belt. Like, in, in actual matches, not just getting yeah. put through tables. Yeah, uh, yeah. She well, she was in a tag team with Naomi, and she was doing all right. Like not, not the best, I would say. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, all right. she's, Fair enough. She's not the best. She's not the best woman. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, don't put that out there because that's what they. Oh, they're gonna start doing that with her. Hey, ah, if, ah. If, if she's already on their way there, it already was planned. Don't, don't blame her. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so Lana is Lana. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Next, we got Ruby Riot. Very surprising release. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. I could understand why. Like they, they were probably itching to let Lana go, like just as soon as the contract was up. Yeah. With 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 everything, this this is actually kind of a surprise because from what I've seen from Riot, I like I dig the gimmick. Obviously, I love the look. Of course, 
She looks like like and she from what I've seen, she can go. I'm not too sure what she's like on the mic and all that, but that's actually kind of surprising. Mm -hmm. With that, where do you guys see her ending up, or where do you think she? Uh, I could see her bouncing around the Indies for a while, just because before she came to WWE, she like she did wrestle for like she has been like IWA. Mid South and a bunch of others because she was Heidi Lovelace, right, right. And she has been in a few female deathmatch tournaments, actually. Okay, so All right. maybe one or she'll maybe one or two more before she signs somewhere else. And where yeah. do you think she? What which of the major federations do you think she would be uh, a good fit? Impact. Impact, yeah, I was going to say Impact as well. Yeah, obviously, so Vince obviously owns the name Ruby Riot. Yeah, yeah so she'd be highly loveless again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see, I can see Impact. Yeah, highly loveless challenging Deanna Perrazzo for the Knockouts title. Maybe sure. she'll be the one to do for the a very good, like, hardcore feud with Rosemary. Yeah, that too, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, that's would be good booking, and she'd probably put a pretty good match with uh, with uh, Dashwood as well, Daniel. Yeah, oh, yeah, Daniel Dashwood, yeah, for sure. Which I can listen to her talk all night. <laughs> you like the Australian accent, do you? Uh, she sounds something else. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, spe- well, speaking of Australians, all right. Next on the block, we got Buddy Murphy. Oh, right, right. This is this this was a shock as well. I yeah, yeah. I'm surprised they let him go. But were they not? They weren't doing. Was were didn't they? Wouldn't they? Didn't they kind of have him on like a holding pattern for a while where they really weren't doing much with him? Or am I mistaken? Yeah, he he hadn't been on TV for a few months, and uh, but before that, they had him in this like love angle with uh, Rey Mysterio's daughter. Even though he's oh right yeah he's thirty three and she's nineteen oh, God <laughs> right yes I was even I even went on this show and yeah, yeah and she gave my <clears throat> disapproval <laughs> shall we say yeah <laughs> right 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 he was an amazing talent mm-hmm. he was I, like, yeah and he, he is still okay so but where. Ah, where I would really like to see him in the NWA. I would like to see him in AEW, personally. Like he, he, he kept on talking about how much he wants to wrestle Kenny Omega. So <laughs> I say let it happen, like an unleashed Buddy Murphy. Yeah. Like, what did what was his name like before WWF? Do we know or was he? Uh... Uh, his real name is Matt Adams. Uh, one second. Or was 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 he a uh, performance center guy? No, uh, Matt Silva was his indie name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Matt Silva. So Matt Silva versus Kenny Omega. I can see it. <laughs> it would be a hell of a match. It would be a it hell would. of a match. I remember that I think was it the, a, a singles match at the Survivor Series. One of the last times I piled into Ducky's place with a bunch of 
other friends, and I think it was a match with Alistair Black. And yes. they, they put on an absolute clinic. Yep. And it's like, okay, you know what? Every, forget everyone else. Best two out of three. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> let's, like, let's, let's just have these two guys go for the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. No, if, if, if uh, Murphy or Silva, whatever you want to call him now, uh, is allowed to do, like, even, like, given what he was doing on SmackDown or even on pay-per-views or on 205 Live, whatever, like, if he's allowed to do, if that was just a fraction of what he was allowed to do, imagine what he could unleash in AEW. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. What he could unleash. Yeah. Well, time will tell. Uh, all these guys who are mentioning right now, their contracts, or their 90, 90 day uh, non compete clauses are up at the end of August. And oh, okay. all out is September 5th. So, ah, so we're, we should, September is going to be really interesting. Yep. It is just, just, just to see who's, who's going to pop up. Who else we got here? And so, well, as you, as you already mentioned a couple of minutes ago, Alistair Black. Okay. Oh. This was a stunner. This. Yeah, absolutely. Like, because they're, they were pushing him. They're doing so, something with him. Like, yeah, they, they were airing the new character and then bye-bye. Yeah, they were airing these vignettes where he was talking about this uh, this person in his life called the Dark Father. He w- he would call him, oh, and he would, tell, oh, he would tell these stories. And then they, they they aired these vignettes for weeks. And then he finally shows up on SmackDown, takes out Biggie, causes Biggie to lose a match, and then the next week he's gone. No explanation. Wow, I, I feel like I'm watching Rusev era WCW. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like yeah. One, week, one guy's in Raven's flock. The next week he's not. The next week he's back. What the- yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, so yeah. I guess... Alex You're Brown. in the NWO. You're in the NWO. <laughs> Where's my well, shirt, damn it? All right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but yeah, Alistair Black, he's... Uh, yeah, the biggest... Like, one of the bigger shocks of this whole crop of releases. Mm-hmm. I'm... I honestly couldn't believe it, but uh, he's like one of the most talented people on that entire roster. He in NXT, he was absolutely amazing. Again, wasted on the main roster. Hmm. I think he can end up in AEW or even Ring of Honor, like as his former uh, alias Tommy End, or maybe even New Japan. He would really do well in Japan, I think. Uh yeah yeah I can I can see I can see a deal where he goes back and forth yeah yeah if he can work between like AEW and New Japan that would probably work really well for him I think AEW is pretty much a lock for him They're, yeah you know no one no no one is gonna outbid Tony Khan if he really no. wants someone nope so <laughs> yeah I I can He's see I think it's a lock with way too much money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah like yeah he's too much of a good talent to waste and there have been the rumors already circulating that he could be the new leader of the dark order i think it could work it could well i don't think the dark order can go back to what it was before Brody lee left us like you know like i, I think, think i think, I think that- it could but it, it could but you have to like have dissension in the ranks, like oh, uh, you you'd have to have a whole overhaul, yeah. yeah. Like if Tommy N came in and was like, 
I was like, oh, there needs to be some changes around here. And like guys like uh, Anderson Silva or, or, or sorry, <laughs> Anderson Silva. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, John Silver. And yeah, like, like, uh, like any of those guys, like the, the comedy Cold guys. Cold mm-hmm. Cabana too. <laughs> sorry. Oh yeah. Cold Cabana. Yeah. Like, like any of the comedy guys in dark order would obviously be out. Like right. they, They'd be the guys like, wait, what's going on here? I thought we were doing like, I could picture Evil Uno and Stu Grayson turning back heel and lining with Tommy End, but yeah, like Reynolds and Silver and uh, yeah, Colt Cabana. I can't really picture doing it. But then um, also Silver posted on in on Twitter saying, "Oh, we don't need another leader. Brody was our only leader." Which also could work because what if he teams with Darby and Sting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could work yeah, too against yeah. the Pinnacle or something. Mm-hmm. The pineapple. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a forgotten or it's a foregone conclusion that Tommy End or whatever they're going to give him is is going to AEW. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Who is next? Uh, last. Last on the shopping block was the most surprising of all, Braun Strowman. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Right. This 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 is what made me think that they're okay, be, this is letting him him go. Okay, because they he was their their biggest thing for 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 a while and they threw a bunch of money at him to keep him there. And all that because they were kind of had they I think they were like okay what's going on with this AEW okay mm-hmm. how, much, how much of a threat are they going to be to us and then when they found out okay it's not like WCW where they could put us out of business or whatever well now we're stuck with this big contract for this guy what do we do with them yeah okay. um, we also. It's just letting all of these people go, okay, and a big money contract like that makes me think that, and Vince is no spring chicken, that they might be looking into selling the WWF. I think that's kind of almost another foregone conclusion. I believe people, you know, have are looking to to buy it now. I believe NBC? Yeah, NBC, NBC was the biggest... Uh speculation so far because they already well nbc already owns the usa network which airs uh run nxt right so the only, the only wb related program they don't air is uh smackdown which is okay. owned by so okay well i could see the wwf wanting to show you know the big wigs at wherever look how profitable we are and if you yeah. get rid of a whole whack of these salaries especially big money salaries Okay, that's going to look better on their books. I mean, why would they just hand this guy over to AEW if, you know, if there wasn't a bigger picture? No, for sure. I agree with you. And like Braun was like, like you said, he was one of their top guys for many, many years. Uh, He was being pushed hard like in 2017, 2018. And they kind of like missed the boat on him when they, they were really pushing him hard. I think the I guess kind of got one F five. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> no mercy. But uh, uh, 
Yeah, like had had they pulled the trigger on him sooner, I think he would have like like he would have been like a huge asset to the company because mm-hmm. like like they they waited too long and they were like put him in as a replacement for Roman Reigns uh, in WrestleMania 36 when Roman Reigns wasn't uh, feeling comfortable wrestling because mm-hmm. because of the coronavirus and yeah they had him beat Goldberg in front of nobody <laughs> I was like mm-hmm. well. So Brock, or sorry, sorry, so uh, Bronze finally got a world title in front of no one. Great, that didn't mm. feel at all. So he, right. he won in front of nobody and lost in front of nobody. Great. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and then they put him in this really dumb feud with Shane, and then have him win at Mania a few months ago. Yeah, Just and they put him number yelling. one contender. But, world title and then have him lose and then a week later goodbye like yeah fuck. yeah he was literally in the main event of wrestlemania backlash right then, oh, a week later he's gone he's gone he's yeah. gone yeah but then again if you think about it remember the tweets he made last year yeah he did make some pretty controversial tweets uh, yeah I did. aimed at indie indie wrestlers who were trying to start up uh, like uh, gofundme pages because they couldn't find work, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah he made these uh, controversial statements like, all you indie wrestlers who are looking for handouts, you got to just work harder and blah, blah, blah. It's like, uh... Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Then you just got to earn your keep and yada, yada. It's like, God. Yeah, yeah, and if he didn't have the, a view from the ivory towers, he wouldn't be making these stupid statements. No, because he's he's never been an indie guy. He's he only knows the WWE style. He was a he was a, a weightlifter, I think, when they discovered him. Oh, okay. And, yeah, and they he's only ever been brought up in the world of wrestling through WWE. Oh, jeez. Like, yeah. So hey. I I honestly don't know how well he would do elsewhere. Hey, guess what? Wait. Hey, guess what? I found the uh, I found the. <laughs> What's up? I found the tweet, which got him in trouble. Okay. And it reads, Here we go with more of the somebody pay for my bills stuff. If you can't afford your bills, maybe you should change professions. That's why I quit Strongman. I loved it, but I couldn't afford it. So I lived in... So so I couldn't afford to live. So instead of making a GoFundMe or a Patreon wanting someone else to take care of me, I went out and worked harder than I ever have in my life to get where I am. What happened to you being accountable to your actions? Okay. All right. All right. Well, once, once, once again, yeah. I think that's just a view from the top. Yeah, like, I get, like, yep. like I understand about, like, the idea of paying your way and earning your keep, all that. Mm-hmm. That's fun. That That's perfectly all right. But when you're already with the biggest company and you've never worked anywhere below that. (laughs) Yeah, I think you should just sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up. Yeah, it's like you started from the top and no. (laughs) But he, I I know he's been asking, or what was his price? Like five figures? Oh, right, yeah. Since he's no longer affiliated with, or as soon as his contract is with whatever. um, He's, uh, he's, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they actually gave a, um, an amount yet. 
But it he's finally asking something astronomical for to make indie appearances. Yeah. Okay. Now, I don't know exactly how much it was, but when they say five figures, that's at least 10,000. Min- minimum 10,000. Yeah. Now, when you say appearances and all that, okay, I highly doubt like he's like, like no, no indie league is going to pay him that for a shot. Okay. Now, it's, it's not worth it. That was probably his whole plan with uh, asking that much is because he probably doesn't need the money, A, because he's pretty financially set. Right. Uh, so he probably just asked that much to like tell the, basically tell the indie promotions to fuck off. But if they can and are willing to pay that much, then he'll show up. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Lost one of their talents in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And, we'll and that, that does nothing. Yeah, he'll do a five-minute routine where he'll like do some clotheslines. Then he'll do his fucking Roman Express thing around the ring. End it with a power slam. And yeah, pay me ten grand and I'll fuck off. <laughs> yeah, which which does absolutely nothing, you know, for your your league and all that. Having this guy come in and squash someone does nothing except maybe sells a couple of extra more tickets for one night, and then that ten thousand at the least is going to offset, you know, whatever extra eyes that are going to be watching. It just it's it can't be worth it. Now, like it, it'll it'll get like average Joe. In in whatever town to be like, to, to be like, oh, Braun Strowman's going to be at this indie show. I'm going to go, and then he's going to just like as soon as Braun Strowman's done doing his thing, a bunch of people are probably going to pile out. Like, right, right, because yeah, because yeah, they really don't care, you know, about everything else. Now, when he says like it's ten grand or whatever. For an appearance, it might not necessarily be indies. There's there's conventions, wrestling, meet and greets. There's pop culture conventions here in Winnipeg. You know, we have the West Four or the West Con, yeah, where it's the comic book convention, and they bring in celebrities. One of them, you know, are pro wrestlers that 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 they bring in and all that. Maybe that's you know that because I could see. Here, bringing Strowman just because that would make the convention a bunch of money. It would. Yeah. It would. It would. It would bring a lot of people in. But I was ten grand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that that was surprised. That was a real surprise. And they obviously can't call him Braun Strowman, but I. Unless that's his real no, they'd be like no, the monster I, among men, Adam Shear. Adam Shear is his real name, yeah. Oh, okay. So, but, uh, yeah. If, if we gave him a TNA, like, circa, like, TNA 2005 to 2013 name, be like, Braun Strongman or something. <laughs> uh, they might Braun go, they Strong. might have to go with that. Yeah. What's Braun Strongman doing in the impact zone? <laughs> <laughs> I would be surprised. That's the monster among men, Braun you just, Strowman. Yeah, you, just have, you just have to like hear Mike Tanay saying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the monster among men, Braun Strongman. <laughs> <laughs> and even okay, like I said, like AEW, like he's totally AEW bound, you know. Eventually, 
They're the only Apparently, Mark Henry's pushing them to get him signed Braun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But is he going to tip? Is this guy going to tip the needle or, you know, turn, turn the dial or whatever expression like you want to use? Like, is like. I mean, I think Strowman versus Cage would add some money. Could Strowman versus Miro, maybe? Right. Yeah. But I'm just talking about the league overall. Like, oh, uh, is is there anyone, okay, that's going to turn pro wrestling around? Right, right now, I don't think so. No, because we don't really have a a Stone Cold or an Undertaker or a Rock or Hogan. Like, we don't. Right. Yeah, <laughs> we don't have a mainstream like. I know uh, Braun's been in a couple of movies, but I don't think he has that uh, wide reach that guys like Hogan did back in the day, obviously. No, no obviously not, no. No, but once again, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, yeah. you know, with, I, with I do all know that these guys. Yeah, I do know that I, I do follow Adam Shear on Instagram, and he seems to be in good spirits, and he's grateful for everything he has. And <laughs> if he doesn't, if he doesn't end up Back in pro wrestling, I wish him all the best because he 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 got a lot out of what he what he did in WWE, and he mm-hmm. he seems set for life either way. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Was that was that everyone? That was everyone. Well, with that in mind, we do have um, a kind of a list here in this episode's Turnbuckle Talk that were kind of game changers, mm-hmm. shall we say. Like every, every, every generation, you know, has that list of guys that did that did turn the dial or did did move the needle. That's the expression. Move the needle. <laughs> that I was looking for. Right on. Yeah. 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 And with, with that as well, AW has kind of been taking some flack lately about, ah, oh, they're signing all these WWF rejects. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They're bringing in Big Show and they're bringing in this guy and Mark Henry. And all of that. And it kind of makes me ask all of these <clears throat> critics. Okay. Have you been watching pro wrestling at all the last 50 years? Yeah. Okay. Like pro wrestling is a journeyman's game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because they wrestlers bounce around to whichever area, whichever territory, whichever federation is going to suit them best. More often than not, it's the almighty dollar and it's the, 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 the creative. How is my persona, my character going to be portrayed and how, what is my legacy going to be? So yeah, wrestlers bounce around a lot. Mm-hmm. There, there are times when a shift, when one, when one goes from one federation to another, and it changes the wrestling landscape. It might take a while to build, but you know, change definitely has been made. Now, 
the idea of tonight's turnbuckle talk is, hmm, what if, what if some of these game-changing changes never happened? Mm-hmm. What, would, what would the pro wrestling landscape look like then? And we came up with three names. Actually, give credits due. Okay, Ducky came up with three names. Okay, that kind of gave us that scenario, that idea. And we came up with Steve Austin, Triple H, and The Undertaker. What if these people never left WCW and made their way to McMahon land? Okay, which which of these three do we want to start with? Uh, let's go with... Okay, let's go with Austin first. All right. Start. Okay. Breaking the glass. Very first thing. (laughs) Right on, right on. on. Okay. So if Steve Austin never went to McMahon land, if they didn't get if they didn't get him, if basically if he's if not necessarily even stayed in WCW, because it's not like Austin was big on Bischoff's list at that time. Well, because remember, he went to ECW for a bit. Right. Yeah. This right. Hogan parody. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, okay. I kind of, I kind of forgot I mean, about that. Where the big boys play with each other. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So if he didn't, if he didn't make his way to the WWF, what do you think would have happened? Well, obviously there would be no ringmaster. <laughs> there would be there would be no Austin 316. There like the attitude era would have been completely different. I don't even know if the attitude era would have been what it was without Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm-hmm. Like, Probably not. No. Like because the like if you think back to it, like the two major like superstar players that superseded the popularity of professional wrestling in the Attitude Era were Stone Cold and The Rock. And the Rock, yeah. Were just The Rock, maybe they would have been able to pull off the popularity that they had, but there's it's there's the a little bit of doubt in the back of my mind, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It certainly wouldn't it wouldn't have with, with with without both of them and without Hogan in WCW and the NWO angle, wrestling would never have been as big as it was. Oh, what the fuck? WWE. What? Roman Reigns versus Rey Mysterio in a Hell in a Cell match for the Universal Title will now be taking place on SmackDown tomorrow. What? <laughs> what? Okay. <laughs> what? Okay. So this okay. is our post reaction to that, I or pre. <laughs> <don't know>. Pre, yeah. <laughs> also, sense, yeah. also the first Hell in a Cell on SmackDown history, but still. Sure, but uh, okay. <laughs> God damn it! Like <laughs> whatever. There's, they want there's your game. biggest match on the show, and you're like, no, SmackDown. Yeah. All right. Well, well, that's that's a Vince thing to do. Okay, cool. So, do I have to watch SmackDown tomorrow? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, that means I have to watch SmackDown tomorrow. Fuck. Uh, 
All right. Well, guess I'm recording it tomorrow. Damn it. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. or they'll do mm-hmm. an angle where he'll attack Dominic again, and Dominic will have to go to the hospital, and Ray will go with him, and then they'll it'll be some. Oh, there'll be some fucking stupid. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. So if, hell, if the Hell in a Cell is on SmackDown, is the cage going to be blue? <laughs> God, oh. that oh. fucking one. <laughs> All right. All right. So Austin. Yeah, back to uh, yeah, back to uh, what we were talking about here. Yeah, if Austin, if Austin never came to the WWF, yeah, things would sure be different. He probably he wouldn't have the superstar stature that he does today. He wouldn't be a household name. Everybody knows who Stone Cold Steve Austin is. Even my parents who don't who hate wrestling mm-hmm. know who Stone Cold Steve Austin is. Right. So. They're one of the maybe five wrestlers over the years that actually transcend the sport. Yeah. And all that. That's that's definitely there's a there's a turnbuckle talk some some someday. Like wrestlers that are actually, you know, broke out into the mainstream beyond beyond pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. With with Austin. Okay. Yeah, with without him there. You know, there's no, there would be no foil for uh, Bret Hart. Nope. Okay. And but so you also have to consider the fact that if he never came to the WWF, he never would have got his neck broken by own heart. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> true. But he probably, uh, where, where would he be? Because like, like we said, Bischoff. He was pretty much done with Austin, and he did a stint in in ECW. Okay, he could very well have not made it. Like post ECW, he could have been back, you know, working the docks in Texas somewhere yeah. again. Yeah, just some yeah. bitter guy working in a lumber yard or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna be. I was gonna be the next Ric Flair. Damn it. Yeah. Okay, Steve. Finish. Finish out fin- filling out those orders before you. Okay, Mr. Williams. Uh, before you punch out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There. There would have been no foil for Bret Hart. And WCW. Okay, if they stayed the course with Hogan. Okay, if they stayed the course with the NWO, and the WWF had nothing to fire back with. Maybe, maybe it's kind of a long shot, but the WWF might not have made it without Austin. Maybe we would still have WCW around. And yeah, there would still be a WCW, but um, the impact of the WWF would have would maybe lessen and not be as much and start losing TV time or whatever, and just start to falter in the ratings and just everything. Like we saw yeah. the demise of the AWA and world class and the UWF. It could, it was, it could be very possible that could have happened to the WWF. Yeah, for sure. You know, and Bischoff could have been, you know, like the the evil Vince McMahon would be Eric Bischoff right now. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but yeah, we, yeah, we wouldn't have gotten one of those like historical feuds like of Austin. Like the reason why Austin got over big time was that he had that whole feud with McMahon, where it's like, 
oh, there's this guy who was just kicking the shit out of his boss, the American dream, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Everybody loved Austin because he fucking he beat the shit out of his boss and didn't give a shit. And he didn't get fired for it. Well, he did, but, you know, they always brought it back. Right, yeah, was, yeah of course. Yeah. <laughs> Linda brought him back as CEO, remember? Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I know if I hit my boss over the head with a bedpan while he's in the hospital, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm going to jail. Yeah. Or go okay. gave him a stunner. <laughs> I mean, you can flip off your boss all in fun and they'll laugh and tell you to fuck off, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can't well, just walk you? up straight dick pick a stunner. <laughs> yeah. But if you did... If you did hit him with a bedpan, could you make such an amazing noise as Austin did when he hit McMahon with? <laughs> well, he he did the knee slap before hitting him with the bedpan. Uh, did he? <laughs> no. <laughs> That's how <that> was. <laughs> Remember, you could hear during when they were talking to Vin, when Foley was talking to Vince, you could hear in the background a slight metal on skull because he was testing the right spot on his head to hit him. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that that just made the perfect like comedical ping sound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, yeah. So, oh, long story short, like, would not. Austin, have, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, and Austin wouldn't probably <clears throat> would have been making his way out of wrestling long before he actually did. There's the uh, it's a bit of a tightrope because The Rock would have still been there, but who knows if The Rock would have like gone to where he was? Because well, The Rock only went to where he was because he was shooting with Triple H. <laughs> so right. yep. and and he had his big matches with Austin as well. Yeah, but before that, he was shooting with the Inter- uh, for the Intercontinental Title with Triple H. Because like The Rock only became The Rock, elevating from Rocky Johnson when he joined the Nation and they feuded with DX. So, right. on to so, our next guy. Which Triple would H. be, which would be Triple H. Yeah. So, so if terrorizing, okay, <laughs> don't pull the back. Don't pull the back. Actually, okay, if he stayed in WCW, okay, like t- talk about being, you know, lost in the in in the white noise or being lost in the shuffle. Or or whatever, because like, what were they doing with him in WCW? Like nothing. Like like, no. who, who cares about terrorizing and terrorizing? This, yeah, <laughs> like like that, that that was dead in the water to begin with. That was just so stupid. Oh, yeah, that sounds like the name of a B horror movie about a squid in the fucking water. <laughs> like, a double feature with Sharknado 10. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds like Uh, a name of a shitty trauma film. Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, probably the best thing. Okay. That's just. Okay. I'm going to get to that soon enough, but just. Going to the WWF, he got and becoming friends with Shawn Michaels and all that. He got the the push within DX. Yep. Okay. Now, but without and what made me think without 
Triple H, there would have been no DX, I'm sure. Like, Michaels just would have stayed the course with Diesel as his bodyguard, and he continue, He would have continued, instead of being the DX Shawn Michaels, he would have been the sexy boy, for the lack of a better term. Yep. Okay. Um, so there probably would not have been with without it without DX raising Bret Hart's dad da- dander in real life. Okay, like yeah. the feud between those two were real. Of okay. course, yeah. and Bret Hart just didn't like Shawn Michaels for all the same reasons. Yeah, all the same reasons that Bret Hart in the ring didn't like the Shawn Michaels persona. And all that. So that that was very real. No, no DX. There's no no heart feud equals no Montreal screw job. Okay, now that you might think, okay, well, that's good, that's bad, I don't know. But it's a significant event that people are talking about 20 years later to this day, and always will. Like this, yeah, this is almost twenty five. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's been it's been like a hell of a long time. Yeah, nineteen ninety seven. Shit. Yeah, twenty four years. And so yeah. that's that's kind of where one of the directions that I went. Like, if 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 Helmsley didn't go to the WWF, <clears throat> now if he Fair. didn't, if he didn't as well. Then he never would have met the billion met the billion dollar princess. Yeah, he never her. would have been used today. <laughs> and we, never, we wouldn't have NXT. Like, <laughs> we wouldn't have NXT as well. Best yeah. thing about the WWF is NXT. Yeah, <laughs> we would still have a man tar running around. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Oh, oh there's. Strowman's oh, gimmick God. it would be it would be Mantar Strowman. Oh God, yeah. I, I, there's just there's just that time in the WWF where, like as as the early '90s before the Attitude Era happened, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn would be the hockey players because they're from Canada. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because well, they already had the goon. Yeah. You know, and and that 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 that. That one that bugged me so much because that was Steve Irwin from the Long Riders in the AWA and all that, and to see him like in that outfit was just ah. Oh. And you had yeah. a milkman, and you like not a milkman, you had a garbage man. No, Duke the dumpster, Duke, yeah. Duke Grossi <laughs> in the the pig farmers, and it's just like ah. Uh. Oh, you mean pig and hog? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. What the hell are they called again? And the body donnas. Uh, yeah. Just oh that that era was just so bad. You know? Oh that was brutal. So what the fuck was Justin Credible's name again? Oh he was Aldo Montoya. That's it. He was like a luchador or whatever. The the best thing that ever happened to him is him leaving the WWF. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going to ECW because he had he cut his own path and became his own person mm-hmm. and all that. And it might he, it might be a sad state of affairs the way he is right now. Okay, but when they like with him, like with the Impact players with with Lance Storm, that was fantastic. 
those 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 two were incredible. And then when they put the world title on him, no, because you you give 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 Heyman credit. Okay, when someone left ECW, it just gave someone else the opportunity to step up, and people did. And and yep. Credible was one of those guys that did. Look at that. We didn't even have Justin Credible on the list here. <laughs> <laughs> well, we ended up talking about him. That's right. He's, he's uh, just so incredible. <laughs> oh. Oh, I just got it. <laughs> uh, I hope you know I'm joking. Yeah. I hope you're joking. Yeah. <laughs> it's incredible. Ah. Uh, and I, you gotta give like, you gotta give Triple H some 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 credit. Okay, like he never had. Okay, he came he came to the WWF, and I. Don't even think when he first showed up, what what was did he have any he didn't really oh no, he he was a blue blood, right? Yeah, he was Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Yeah, yeah, and he was kind of just an extension of uh, uh Jean Paul Levesque. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was he so a he tag team? Right, right. Yeah. He was a tag team with someone. I don't think he was. No, and uh, what's I think in WCW he was. I don't think he was in uh, WWF though. Oh, I might be thinking. Of, oh, I'm thinking of Steve Regal and Dave Williams or Dave. Yeah. Dave. Yep. And Bill Dundee was a manager of some Blue Bloods or whatever. Okay, this is this is kind of what happens when because I'm getting old now. I'm on the other side of fifty now. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, I don't know. The old gray matter might not be as working as well as it once did. I guess um, that leaves us now with The Undertaker. Yep. Like, what? Um, and for myself? Uh, Main Mark Cal. That's right. That's right. He was kind of like... In in WCW and which, by the way, just last week in the mornings when I'm having my morning coffee and having breakfast or whatever, I enjoy watching. YouTube is just full of um, TV shows from the old territory days. This is why I don't need the network. Right. (laughs) Okay. Well, I saw the Master of Pain. Which was Mark Mark Callo Mark Calloway Callis, his mm-hmm. his first gimmick in the Memphis area where he was just this big goon, right? And he kind of as he went to WCW, he just kept that same persona, just this big goon. It was really until going to the WWF where he kind of blossomed. He kind of branched out into something. Yes, The Undertaker was a big goon, but it had character. And I don't yeah. mean having being a character. I mean having a character mm-hmm. and all that. And he just ran with it, and, and it became one of the biggest gimmicks of all time. And he became a locker room leader. The like he is now known, you know, for being. Uh, you know, I don't know what you would call it other than being the leader in the locker room. 
Yeah. I guess the only best way you can describe it. <laughs> right, right. What would the locker room look like? Like this is this is where my mind went. If he didn't if he, if he didn't become who he did, what would the WWF locker room look like? Oh, you know, with without that without that person in it. Chaotic. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably, probably, you know, like this was because like Shawn Michaels was Vince's golden boy back then. He could do no wrong. Yep. Oh, I think the Undertaker kind of came into his own in that position after all of that insanity. I've done the, the thing for Austin at 14. He would have yeah. got it. He, yeah. That no one would have been back there to beat his ass if he wouldn't have done yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. You know that story? Uh, you know that story, Stoney? Um, no, I'm trying to. Oh. Oh, um, what if this, the screw job, remember, Taker went to Vince's office and gave him shit? Yeah. Oh. Right. Okay. So then six months later, when uh, yep. Sean was defending the title of WrestleMania 14 against Austin. On his way out to the ring, Undertaker went out to Sean and said, like, look, if you don't do the job for Austin tonight, there's going to be hell to pay when you get back here. Ah, <laughs> okay. Then? There, would be, there would have been no Ministry of Darkness. Yeah. Right. There would have been no, like, yeah, there would have been no streak, no WrestleMania streak. No, jeez. Yeah. 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 And, um... Paul Bearer. Oh, yeah. Would have remained would have remained Percy Pringle in the Indies. Oh. And all and all and all that. So it'd be kind of interesting. Where do you think Pringle would have would have ended up? Because it was the WWF or the Indies. That's all there well at the mm, well no. No, no. There was there was WCW at the time, but yeah, you could WCW. Where do you think? Just huh? like where do know. you think? Just off off the top of your head, how do you think he would have fit? Percy Pringle would have fit in WCW. Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is because but, because but it's it's us old fashioned. You know, it's an old school manager. Yeah, he would have found success in WCW. Definitely, it just wouldn't have been to the extent that Paul Bearer was. No, I'm I'm just trying to think like what would life be like without knowing the Undertaker and Paul Bearer? (laughs) (laughs) Would there be a Kane if that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isaac Yang, yeah, would still be a dentist. (laughs) Yeah. Still bouncing around with these stupid gimmicks. Or a fake diesel, yeah. Something. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't, don't want to where, where we don't have, oh, yes! <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to in a world without, like, The Undertaker. Yeah, rest in peace. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like that's my childhood, right there. Yeah, <laughs> well, I guess so. Yeah. Okay, I was already off and running into adult land. Yeah, it's it's, it's an iconic. Part. I was like twelve, thirteen when that started happening. So I was just like, oh, this is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, so yeah. Is he actually dead? 
<laughs> Mom, look at this dead guy beating up alive people. Yeah. Oh, oh. What, did you guys... Magic, son. <laughs> did you guys dig Biker Taker at all? Yep. Uh, at first I didn't, but I've grown to like him. Because I just re- I just realized it's just an extension of uh, who Mark Calloway actually is. So, right. uh, at some point in every wrestler's Remember career... Remember when he dressed Joe Hogan? Hallway. That was yeah. Really funny. That was funny. At some point in every wrestler's career, I feel like they have to have a gimmick that shows who they truly are. So, yeah. So, I, yeah, I guess Hogan kind of did that throughout his entire career in retrospect. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hogan finally showed his true colors, and they weren't, they weren't red, white, and blue, brother. They were very black when he turned heel because that that was the true Hogan coming out. Yeah, you know, like yeah. that's uh, that that's why it works so well. They say that the best characters, which you know, the Undertaker kind of debunked that as well. But the the best the best characters or whatever the best gimmicks are just the real person, just the volume cranked. I do remember Jay Leno making fun of Hulk Hogan saying, like, his muscles are just full of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and that just reminds, like, because his, his outfit was red and, uh, red and yellow. So it's just like, it's, when you picture that, I just pictured Hulk Hogan going, like, yeah, brother, I get my cheese from McDonald's, dude. That's where I got my outfit idea from, too. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, oh, don't get me going about Hogan though. <laughs> no. we, oh, well. we can uh we, we could be here all night, which I guess that kind of uh if we have any, any, any anything else we want to throw out there? No, I think we've pretty much covered it either like if these guys never came to WWF, the WWF wouldn't be around anymore. Yeah, or <laughs> it was definitely yeah, they would they definitely would have been back to their own little territory. Yep. Yep, for sure. They would have been back to the Manhattan Center. <laughs> and, and I don't know if that's a good or bad thing. I guess that all depends yeah. on your own uh, your own ideas and interpretation. So I guess maybe it's kind of time to bring this uh, crazy train into the station. How can uh, people get a hold of us? Uh, people can get a hold of us on Facebook at facebook.com slash wrestling night in Canada or on Instagram at wrestling night in Canada. Right on, right on. And of course, wrestling night in Canada is proud members of the shining wizards network, shining wizards Check us out there. There is a variety of really cool, predominantly pro wrestling podcast but there's a variety of others the pop pop culture and movies films politics and a really cool music one if you haven't got enough of your cool uncle snowy with this program you might want to go over to radioactive metal this is about the best hard music radio show that you're going to hear anywhere in the meantime and in between time that's it. This has been another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. I'm Dustin Murka. Signing off. And we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. <laughs> <laughs>